Well, hello, hello, hello. We are proud to be sponsored by Stone Oak Property Management. Stone Oak is a professional, full-service, and locally-owned property management company managing rentals all throughout the greater Austin area. Stone Oak is a comprehensive solution to all things when it comes to rental properties. This company was built for landlords by landlords. They have a team that understands owning rental properties. They offer unparalleled responsiveness, leaving you and your tenants satisfied every single month. Whether you're upgrading your home or moving out of state, their services are designed with you in mind. From the rapid communication to unique pricing structure, they guarantee your five-star experience. Stone Oak has managed three of my rentals in Georgetown, Hutto, and Round Rock. I have been more than happy with the experience, and I highly recommend them to everyone. Check out Stone Oak with the link in the description, or go to stoneoakmgmt.com. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. All right, Weston Kirk, welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast. How you doing, bud? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. Weston, I wanted to have you on the podcast to kind of dive into your story and uh, kind of what you're doing present day. So obviously, I know you've been working in real estate uh, for the past uh, three or more years and uh, obviously really loving it, really enjoying it. Um, So what got you interested in real estate in the first place? So I really got started. I was working. So you went to Texas State, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to Texas State University. And I was working at Capstone Cottages, or they changed it to the Cottages of San Marcos. At the time, it was like, it was crazy because, you know, I'd get quite a few leases per month, but they were only paying like $20 bonuses per leases or 15 to $20 bonuses. But then holidays, maybe they'd up that or, but it was just, you know, my cousin Zach was living in uh, New Brumbles at the time mm-hmm. and he was a commercial real estate agent. So I would see sort of the commission checks he was getting and the work he like the amount of work he would put in versus what they would pay. Mm-hmm. And then I would just kind of look at what I was doing and just my, you know, the time I was putting in versus what I was getting paid is like seven twenty five plus $20 per lease. It's like, well, this is just dumb, you know? So I went down and I was talking to him one day and he, you know, we just made some venison and he was saying like, take, you should take a course through Kaplan. So went back, started through Kaplan and then uh, really locked myself in my room for like a month. And while I was going to school, I got licensed within like a month and a half. Wow, quick. Uh, just yeah, quit my quit working at Capstone and had to sell some stuff on Craigslist to get through, and but we did it. <laughs> That's awesome. When you started yeah. in that position, is it did you like just fall into it because you were living there and you thought, yeah, they had like a hiring now sign on the outside of the, the front office? Um, yeah. So um, I had a buddy. I had a buddy I was hanging out with because I, I lived there at the time, okay. and my buddy lived like two doors down, and um, we we're just hanging out over there and having a good time. And then he just, I was like, man, I need a new job. Cause I was working at, again, I was working at Adidas and I just did not like retail. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause it's like, again, there's no bonuses. It's just seven twenty five, So there's no bonuses yeah. at all. And um, it's just a better work environment. I thought it'd be better experience because it had the word intern at the end of the, at the job title. So okay. um, my, my buddy Ian, he pretty much got me the job up there at Capstone. So. Got it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and where did you grow up? I grew up in Decatur, Texas. Okay. Yeah. Oh boy, I'm gonna sound so stupid. Where is that? 
So <laughs> no, that's most people probably ask that. It's a really small town, about an hour, hour and a half north of Dallas. Okay. So cool. it's, uh, if you get on 287 and just head towards like, if you're going to the mountains from basically anywhere in Texas, you'll go through Decatur. So. Yeah. 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 We, uh, it's, it sounded familiar. Maybe I passed through it because we went to Taos, New Mexico yeah. or driving North. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. My family has a place in Red River. So. Got it. Yeah, cool. You'll, go, you'll be going through Decatur on your way up there. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, I guess uh, Decatur's a small town. Very small town. Yeah. Got it. And uh, did you enjoy that kind of childhood? Of uh, I mean, how many people did you graduate with? Dude, it was uh, so. My class was like a hundred. It started off with like two hundred people in my class, mm-hmm. and then it kind of trickled down to like a hundred eighty, hundred eighty-five. Oh, wow. So, and we were the, that's the only high school in um, Decatur. So it. It was not a whole lot of people. Sure. Yeah. You knew everybody. Yeah. And everybody knew you. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and did you, did you enjoy that or were, uh, was it kind of like um, you were itching to get out of there? I was definitely itching to get out of there. And at the time I didn't really enjoy it. I don't think because it's one of those things I didn't, I didn't enjoy it, but I think I appreciate it now because it's like, you have to really, um, be mindful of, of what you're doing because mm-hmm. everyone's going to know what you're doing. And that's the thing. It's like, I think that that's kind of what helps me even with doing these YouTube videos every day or with anything at all. It's like, I'm always conscious of, you know, like if this gets back around to so-and-so, am I going to be happy with how I acted or what I did? And, you know, it, it makes you very almost like PTSD about like, you know, you don't want to screw up because you don't want to just, you don't want everyone to know about it. And, it's kind of, you're kind of, I don't know, it was different for sure. And I think it took me a while after leaving to kind of appreciate that for what it was. So yeah, uh, small sure. towns are tough. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, uh, so, I mean, I'm, uh, I guess very similar attitude about kind of like caring about how you come across to other people and kind of mm-hmm. holding yourself to a higher standard. And I was taught that as a, as a kid, because my mom was, uh, you know, somewhat, strict but in a in a good healthy way and then also i I played football and you know coaches were obviously that was a huge priority to them um was that the same story for you as far as your parents and did you play any sports yeah um so i played some sports in high school so i started off i played i played baseball Mm -hmm. um but it was weird because it was like i I went through this era this was the thing that wasn't fun about uh decatur i should have brought this earlier so I was, I was skateboarding through middle school and Decatur is like a country small town. It's like, you don't have a whole lot of people skateboarding where, I mean, there are people that go through the phase, but people that like stick it out that you don't really see it. And I was, yeah. I was sponsored at the time by spy sunglasses and a couple other companies wow. and like at, a, at a younger age. It wasn't like a crazy sponsorship, but just to have that was cool. And then, um, I really quit because it was like, this is just too hard to, you know, like you kind of, it's not like people are like, he skateboards, you can't be friends with him, but it's the stigma that comes with skateboarding versus sure. like small town football or, you know, right. Yeah. FFA that's tough. Or whatever. So, um, that kind of in a sense I, going into high school. So just, I played baseball up until like fifth grade. I was really good. And like all-star teams, all kind of stuff, quit to skateboard. And then when I got back into high school, I was like, okay, well, I'm going into bigger pond so I'm gonna like pick up get back into sports so I, I tried out made JV baseball freshman year and then um, did cross-country track and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. um, I went from doing baseball to kind of finding like sports that would get me out of school more so mm, nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah like tennis track <laughs> so, right yeah. yeah 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so during that time, obviously, you know, college is, is coming up and um, mm-hmm. was Texas State your first choice? No, actually, I went to I went to three other schools before I got to Texas State. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I went to Stephen F. Austin. So um, I didn't really take high school very seriously. So I had to do this like, <laughs> right. I had to do a uh, program really to get in over the summer to get into Stephen F. Austin. So I did that. Um, did the whole fraternity thing when I first got there. And then like, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I need to kind of reset. So I, I went closer to home. I went to uh, Weatherford college, community college, did that first semester. I was like, okay, I need to get a little farther away from home. Went to university of North Texas for a year. And then after that is when I was like, okay, I need to just go. I don't know why. I was like, I want to go to Texas state. So yeah. Kind of toured around Texas. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, during that time, did you have a, I guess, a focus on uh, what you wanted to get your degree in, or like when you were in high school? Why did you even want to go to college? I know for me, parents. I, it, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like yeah. parents and like it was the society norm and for uh, sure, all my friends were doing. So I was like, well, you got to go to college. For sure. People just make it out to be like, if you don't go to college, then you better figure something out, you know? And it's like, I think that, I think that for a while that was definitely the case. And I think even, I just, I don't know. I think recently that stigma is changing. I think it's like, I think that people now are starting to kind of understand you don't need a degree. Cause I hear more parents kind of bring that up. Like it's like, it's not as big of a deal, but as long as they're doing something, but for me, it was definitely, um, parents, family that like wanted me to go to school. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really, I mean, and to be honest, it's not like I really, if you know, not taking high school seriously, it's like, I don't really know what I want to do anyways. So it's, right. I, I don't think that was the worst thing for me to do. Like, um, what, uh, I mean, and, and I think touring, like going to check out the schools and kind of like, kind of, I mean, it kind of gets you excited. It's like a, they sell you on it, you know, they have oh, a tour sure. and they have, it's, so I got all pumped up and then that's, it wasn't until I toured the colleges as far as like, okay, I, I could do this and, you know, figure something out. But even then it was like, I, I I've never, I never, I, oh, I've never wanted to have a desk job. Like I've never, I, I could never do it. I, yeah. I don't care what the pay would be. I, don't, I, I could never do it. And that's what I talked to my dad uh, back when I was in high school, I believe before I went to college um, he told me, he's like, you know, that's all I want to, like, I want to make money and travel. It's like, that's the end goal. Like, I don't really know what I want to do with that, but he just told me, he's like, well, you got to hustle and you got to, um, if you want to do that, I would get into sales, something in sales. And, um, that's where I just, I think like subconsciously, I kind of started looking for sales jobs or how could I develop a skill in sales? How could I, you know, so, um, and it's kind of now like coming to fruition, I think. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm Very finally cool. getting good at it and it's like, it's fun. So yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Um, what do, uh, what did mom and dad do whenever uh, you're growing up? So my dad, he's had the same <laughs> job forever. He, he works, um, he teaches international trade policies for, uh, basically it's like, it's, what is it? It's for border protection, but it's not like the border protection you think of. Like he, it's us customs and border protection, but he teaches okay. like the trade policies. My mom uh, is a secretary at, Rand Elementary is the elementary school indicator. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Very awesome. And they yeah. were, uh, I guess, pretty supportive of uh, you getting your real estate license? For sure. Oh, cool. yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 
Because uh, I was, I mean, because I would imagine, you know, they were the ones that encouraged you to go to college. For and sure. Then, like, did you end up uh, getting, graduating from Texas State? Yeah. Finished okay. up. I wrapped up over there last May, so. Got it. Yeah. Very cool. And so, what did, did you get your degree in? A, a mass communications and a minor in business administration. So, okay. And yeah. was that always the plan as soon as you got to Texas State? That was the degree you wanted nope. to get? <laughs> so, oh, wow. uh, yeah, no. So when I got there, I was going to do, uh, I was going to do something in business, like international business. Um, I don't think they had it there. I think that's what my major was at UNT. And then I got there, I was going to be like business or marketing or something along those lines. And then um, that was going to take me too long. So I went to, I remember I went to, I mean, with the transferring and me kind of doing fraternity stuff. And I was just a little behind, quite a bit mm-hmm. behind on my classes and on schedule. So uh, I went to my advisor and I was like, Hey, I, I want to get out of here as quick as possible. And like, what's the best thing to do? And she said, mass communications and then minor in this. So all right, that wrapped up last, yeah, last year. So got it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so before you, um, discovered i guess real estate before you wanted to get your license yeah did you have any sort of inclination or or idea of what post-graduation looked like for you as far as the job market no man i think it's mostly and i've noticed this about like i think one of the like i don't know why i think i i more operate on like what i don't want to do like Mm -hmm. i think i was more like worried about like man i haven't taken this seriously and i thought about all of thing like how my options were limited more so of like what my options could be and it's like okay well, I don't want it like it's more like crossing it off like don't want to do this I want to do this let's try this and see where that could go and um real estate was kind of like for me it was like this is a way I could go ahead and start getting ahead and do something other people aren't doing um, right and, and get some experience that I could it was all about the resume it's all about making the resume look good like my last year of college so got it yeah <laughs> Very cool. Um, and so I know you said you kind of buckled down, locked yourself in your room and got your license pretty quick. Um, yeah. what, uh, and I mean, historically everyone kind of knows that when you get your license, don't expect to get a commission check for the first year, or year and a half. Um, yeah. how soon did your first deal come? Month and a half. How, and quick. <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> um, so when I was, when I was looking at, and you know, I wish I like, if I would have known what I know now, I probably, probably would have, I don't think you could do it quicker than that. Actually, you've got to like, cause the closing's 30 days, but, yeah. um, I went to a couple places. I went to JB Goodwin and, uh, Westlake. I really wanted to get in Westlake over there, but I was like, this drive doesn't make sense. And I just, I won't even have time to do that. So, uh, I went to exit realty new Brumbles and I was talking to her and I was like, Look, I need to get leads. Cause I knew, I knew how I had, I was familiar with leasing cause I worked at Capstone mm-hmm. and I like, if anything, I knew, like I knew how traffic worked. Like I knew you had to get, traffic coming in so for me I was looking at like leads like I know I don't have money to buy leads up front I know I don't have this stuff so how can you help me get a deal basically because that's what I was looking like I think for new agents that's what they should be asking brokers if they're on if they're on a pinch for money is like how are you going to help me get started without me killing myself and it's all about survival but (laughs) um yeah. So she was like, okay, well she, she set up with, I think it was Quicken loans was the lead source I got them from. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. It's like a $350,000 house. And the people, I remember I was helping my cousin Ashley, uh, cause I had a drone and I was helping her do photography to make some money to survive. Cause I, was like, I don't know when this commission check's going to come. Yeah. So I was doing that. And then, 
I went to grab my phone out of the car and I saw I had a voicemail and an email with the lead that came in. It was $350,000. And uh, I called them back and they're like, yeah, cool. Let's meet up. Whatever. I don't remember they that week. And uh, they just, they had to move. And, you know, we, I think we went and looked at, we did like two or three rounds of showings, like, um, and then they're like, cool, let's do this a month. And it closed like very shortly after. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. Very cool. Blew that thing at the square. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's awesome, man. I don't know how many, every single year I got a tax refund. It was like, let's go out, let's go out to the square. Shimmy's baby. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, man. Um, so going into that, the, obviously that was a, a a very good lead, a hot lead. And, uh, um, but like, obviously you're a new real estate agent. I know you had Mm -hmm. had that experience with, you know, the leasing. And, um, so what kind of, I guess, soft skills did you use and was there any friction there or was it basically like these people were desperate to get a house? And so it was like, just cake. I've I've always been, I wouldn't say it was even a skill, but, um, I've always been like very honest. Like, like I just like, I'm not acting like I've never lied before, but like, I've always been very honest about like, and and that is something in sales is like very key. And I I think that you could get thrown for a loop there because a lot of people think sales is like tricking people and it's a lot of deception and it's, it's really not. It's like, I've always, like, I've always, if I don't know something, I'll be the first one to tell them like, I don't know something because I've learned that mistake. Like I've learned the, and I think that's, you know, them knowing I was young, them having kids and like having a kid about to go to college. I think that like, in a weird way, I've always, like, I've kind of played the the son role. It's like, if I can, like, you know, like, sort of if they can see their son in me in the sense, it's like, then that'll build that rapport that I'm looking for, that'll make up for the errors that I'm going to make. It's going to happen. Like, I'm going to screw up some sort of paperwork or something. And, um, like, I'm just always trying to find that way to connect with them because it's all, they, it was, they buy on emotion and um, explain or, they buy on emotion and explain it with logic or something like that. But it's yeah. like, I try to make that emotional connection with them. It's like on it, just being honest with them and, you know, being good energy around them. And then they, they, it gets their trust. Right. And then you can ask those more comfortable questions. So I think that if anything, like being super transparent and super honest on that, because it's like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I can't fake this. So, um, I think just being honest, like. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, uh, that's really huge. A lot of people do, I mean, there's, you know, a ton of different sales strategies. Um, and that's a huge thing. Cause like yeah. that whole honesty is like the base of, uh, what I believe works in sales, which is like, you know, building the relationship, which a ton of people talk mm-hmm. about, especially in the real estate industry is like building the relationship yeah. because like, you know, I'm more likely if my brother is, you know, selling houses, like he could be the worst real estate agent in the world, but he, because he's my brother and we have that relationship, like I'm going to, you know, go to him first. Um, yeah. So if you can build a relationship, you know, similar to, to that, then it's golden. Yeah, for sure. Um, so <clears throat> after that first deal, um, then it was like, you kind of hit the ground running. Did you ever for a second think like, Hey, I can... <laughs> just be done with college. I don't need to get my degree anymore. Cause like I'm, you know, making money. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that I would have been better off doing that to be honest with you. Like, I, cause I'm never going to use my degree. Yeah. I will never use it. And, um, I think that's just important for you to understand is like, if you want to start your own business, if you want to like be right. Or even it, like, cause real estate in a sense, like is doing that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes no sense from to me on why you would take on additional debt that's not going to compound in your business. It's like, what is that going to do for you and your business? And it's it, it's hard to make that decision though when you have so many people with opinions on what you should do. And so it's like, sometimes I get like, I get sticking it out and that's kind of what, for me, what I had to go through. And I like, I, I, I think that my business would be in a better place, but my family like relationship life would not be in as good of a place. I think that would be the fork in the road or the, sure, you know, yeah. like it's a, tra- it's a trade off. But I think that either way, if you're going to start your business, you're going to meet that somewhere either way. So it's like, I don't know. Right. I think for me, yeah, I, I wish I would have, I kind of wish I would have, I don't want to say that because I met some cool people and stuff, but it's like, yeah. Um, if, every, if we're talking, every for reason. yeah, I mean, if we're talking just business though, like it did not help my business staying in college longer. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Um, and so you were, uh, basically just doing real estate operating in the San Marcos area or like, what was your, uh, geographical region? So at? I would do San Marcos, New Braunfels, Austin. Um, I would go and I, and I'll still, cause I just relocated up to Dallas in that area. So, um, I will go as broad as possible. Um, where, like, where can I get these leads? Like, how are the leads going to, how can I make connections on these leads and kind of dive into these networks? And it's like, I know the area, like my target areas, but I kind of, in a sense, start broad and kind of try to narrow in on where, once the money is built up, like where I want to be and just kind of focus on advertising there and those areas. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I eventually, I think most of my business was coming in like, New Braunfels. I'd get some stuff in Seguin, uh, but New Braunfels was really the spot for me because San Marcos, the income's not as good as you want it to be to like make good commit, good consistent commission. It's a lot of, I, I did get some good, like, uh, you know, with having friends in school and stuff, I did get some good like referrals from that, I guess, mm-hmm. like uh, knowing people, but um, yeah, like, actual homes and home sales and working as a buyer's agent or a listing agent, like new brothels was the spot. Cause it's like the older people, the right. Know, yeah. So. Either retirees or people that are working in yeah. uh, Austin or San Antonio. They yeah. don't want to live in Austin, San Antonio. And most people went to Texas state. So you have rapport right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so with that and like kind of like building your book in that area, you just said, you know, you kind of relocated up to the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. Um, one, why'd you do that? And two, what was that transition like? So I did it. Um, well, there's a, it's a, it's a kind of a long backstory, but you could, a girl basically. Um, ah, nah, hey, <laughs> like, listen, we'll, man, I get, it. I get you it. You gotta be honest, you know? So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told you. Um, yeah. So that, um, and two, now that I'm here, I can say like, there's a lot more, I'm a, I'm a big volume like I like volume um Mm -hmm. and there's just better volume up here there's just I get more leads coming in um that's more people I can put on automatic emails and wait like it it just it's a lot more and I think to correct me if I'm wrong the New Braunfels San Marcos that area I think it's a lot more competitive because you have a lot more people that are I mean for one there's a lot more people that are like have better communication skills in my opinion, like from what I've noticed, um, that could just be like, not true, but I, I think that there's a lot of people and I've looked at the demographics on jobs. And I think there's a lot more people in sales and new Braunfels and San Marcos than there are in the Dallas area. 
Um, and, and being said, when you have that mixed with not as much volume as you're getting in Dallas, I think that makes it tougher. So, I mean, one advantage after being here, I've noticed and why I would continue to build a business or be more inclined to stay here would be, um, that alone is like, it's, I think I could scale it a lot better here because of that. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I know that you, I've seen your YouTube channel and, uh, your uh, social media accounts. And so you're, you know, attempting to, uh, you know, put stuff out there online and and try and help these new agents. Um, yeah. So what, what's the strategy on that? Why'd you, why'd you get started on that? Because like, I would imagine, you know, you've been doing real estate for the past three years. Like I would imagine you're still in grind mode with like, you know, I am book. It's Um, hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's every day, man. And like, that's what people I hope understand it. I have what really kicked it off is like, so I won't say the guy, I won't say his name or anything, <laughs> but I, so I started, I really started it. Um, because when I first got started, you have people, you have people who start these accounts and they're like, they sit there and they're like, I will teach you how to start a successful career in real estate. I will teach you. And it's like, you know, at first you can kind of be fooled mm-hmm. and cause you don't know how social media works. You don't understand that like the links under are really what they're trying to drive you to, mm-hmm. which are their programs and their thing. Like they're trying to make you buy, which is totally fine. Like you're running a business. You should have something there that you're going to charge people. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, being a new agent with not a lot of money to start at, I kind of have a soft spot for, it, give them the value for free. Like give them something that right or wrong. Like how am I getting through it? Like, and more of what I'm doing, I don't want to call myself like a trainer or anything like that because I don't know that every, every move I make on there is right. Like it's right for me in my situation, but I don't want to impose that that's the right strategy for everyone. Um, but at the end of the day, it is documentation. So if you see me bad out, like, lose you'll you'll see it online i'm doing it every day like right um but what really kicked it off to do it daily and like kind of made it competitive for me was there was a guy um he's also found out he's also in the dallas area so it makes it more competitive but um i hopped on his live stream because i'm kind of trying to see like what are they doing like and i'm watching him he puts one of his team members on and he's doing is doing like an example of a cold call and i was kind of sitting there i was like this is not Right. Like this is, this is just keeping people in front of a screen. This is not teaching them how to make a cold call. And like my biggest issue is like, I don't want to see people waste time watching people just kind of entertain and do that whenever it's like, they're actually going to learn how to make sales and you're really wasting their time and capitalizing on them. Mm-hmm. And I would, I wouldn't even at that point yet, but I did kind of, I just commented on the live stream. I was like, I tried to give a tip, right? And then I just got attacked, man. Like people were like, uh, it, cause there were like, there's like 30,000 people. There's like a lot of people in there. Yeah. And I, I said, I gave one tip, like kind of, I wouldn't even, I didn't think I was criticizing them, but they took it that way. And uh-huh. man, like, um, that fueled it for sure. But they were like, give him credit for putting himself out there. At least he's putting himself out there. I was like, he should put himself out there. He's here to teach you guys stuff. Like that's not what we should commend him for. Like, in my opinion, I was like, I think it should be more like you guys should know because if you, if you go into a cold call doing what people are just not doing, like basing it more on retention than actual conversions, Mm -hmm. then they're going to get discouraged real fast when, 
cold calls don't work out. And then you get everyone saying cold calls don't work. It's like they do because my pipeline works. Like mm-hmm. I've, if you go to any million dollar, multi-million dollar corporation, like I worked at Jeep for a while. Um, they will have you calling people. If you talk to anyone who's done successful in sales, they will call people. And I think there's a stigma of like cold calls are dead. It's like, no, it, it all starts with attention. Like mm-hmm. it all, you have to get attention somewhere, somehow and take them from there. And whether that's a call, whether that's a Facebook ad, whether that's an email, whether that's door knocking, like whatever that is, it's like, don't knock anything as long as it gets the attention. And if you don't know what to do with that attention, that's one thing. But um, you know, me going in with that mindset and then having people kind of attack me for trying to help on there. I was like, okay, well I see my own platform and cause I can take, like, I need to set that agenda better on mine than try to comment on someone else's or yeah. sort of like, um, which, you know, is what it is, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how long, uh, I guess, when did you start, uh, kind of putting out those, those videos and how long you've been doing it? It's only been, I think I started, I started beginning of this year. So it's okay, been, wow. it's been quick. And like, that's what, from the YouTube channel, from I run that, I run every social media account. I've built the website. I run the ads in the background. I make my calls and record them and put like the video editing, all that stuff. So Man. it's been a lot. <laughs> is that, is that taking away from, uh, I know that like the winter months are kind of slower, uh, in yeah. the state. So like, that's kind of when you got started now mm-hmm. that, well, I mean, we'll see now that, you know, the summer's kind of starting to pick up. Um, yeah. are you feeling a little bit overloaded with being pulled in those two different directions? Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's something I know that'll just work out because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've watched some of Gary B stuff. Like I've, I'll follow Gary B stuff quite a bit. And he talks a lot about like, quantity over quality. Like even if I can't make the best video for that day, I'm putting something up because, um, just, I'm sure you know this too, like consistently posting on YouTube helps get in front of more people. It helps your reach. So if you post the same time every day, it gets more reach. And it's like, even if that video that I put up doesn't do very, like people don't like it, Uh I'm still tapping into suggested videos and I have now 120 more they can go look at, which there are good ones within. So again, it's about attention. And uh, I think that by putting them up every day, whether it's like, like that's where I'll get more creative. It's like, if, am I just going to record myself with a message for the day? Am I just going to, am I going to like record me making calls? Like, like I have to get creative sometimes on that. And I try mm-hmm. to spend a lot of time right now which isn't going like the best, but I've tried to spend some time like uh, making content so that I have some on deck to just put out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also am careful with that because I also want, if, if I'm kind of going the documentation route, I want it to, I want to make sure that it's uh, relative content. Like I want to make sure. And that's one thing that's really hard, man. It's like, um, it's not like a lot of times, like I'm really good at, um, I mean, being in sales, you can control your emotions, right? Like you can, can, like you have to learn how to do that in a sale and it's hard to put yourself out there on and, and actually talk about like your emotions and what you're going through and putting it out there for people to criticize because, um, I know it'd be easier to not talk about some of these things and like not show some of these emotions in the videos. But I think that for an agent a year down the road that starts from video one, um, can like, I know that those are similar emotions that people are going to have. So I think by showing that on camera 
with some logistics behind it, hopefully will help someone get through that. So that's kind of the idea between like, some people see myself and like, what's wrong with this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like, cause it is out there for sure. And I'm, I'm trying to get the attention. So I, I expect that, but right. um, I try to make sure I put like, to the core, like how I'm feeling in the video with how to get through it. And that's really tough, like Mm -hmm. both to do and to take criticism on for sure. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, there's always going to be, uh, people that love you and people that hate you for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess recently with, uh, you know, the coronavirus happening, Mm -hmm. you know, everything's kind of like, well, you know, and the, you know, the market, uh, crashing and everything. Uh, there's been a lot of weird things going on, especially in the real yeah. estate market. Um, I know that we, I had a, a house for sale, one of my investment properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like, literally we listed it. And then a week later, the coronavirus happened and we had an offer and the guy pulled out because he was scared about mm-hmm. the coronavirus. Um, same in another one of my properties, uh, we're trying to get at least, mm-hmm. we just got the lease signed. It's been vacant for two months because, you know, showings have been tough and mm-hmm. people are kind of bunkering down. What is that? And that's, you know, in the Austin area, what's it look like for you personally and for the Dallas market? So that's, um, it's just, this is like, I'm so pumped to tell the story because I literally, I made a video and this was, I had a little bit of like criticism from those same guys that were, I told you like on that others, like that video I commented on, but, um, I feel like we were kind of passively going back and forth on each other's content. Like if, if you were to watch it, it's like, okay, they took something here and kind of tried to say something about me and I would do the same thing kind of back. And, uh, I, I kind of, I hit this, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like, I'm just going to not even watch your stuff. I'm just going to focus on like what I'm doing and like, you know, focus on that only. And, um, I was like, okay, what would make sense? And I, I just thought leases would make sense because people are always going to need if you, and even if you look at like actual investors, they're going to be buying properties like, like yourself, like you want probably properties that are going to be like in the 1200 range a month, like somewhere that's not too expensive. So that when the market, if the market does what it's doing now, there's always a place for them to go. Yeah, for um, sure. I, uh, I listened to when I first got into real estate investing, I was listening to bigger pockets and there was this, uh, guy, this seasoned investor, who's like 80 or 90 years old. And he was, he said throughout, you know, his entire career, it's always better to buy $300,000 properties than one $300,000 property. If it's an investment, if it's a rental, because those one, those, the three houses are going to generate more income total, uh, than the $300,000 property. And like you said, when a market dips or something like that, people still need somewhere to live and people are going to go to the least amount uh, of rent possible basically. Yeah. And that was that, you know, and if you think about that, like think about it from an agent's perspective, it's like, well, if people aren't buying or selling the bigger properties, well then like focus on leases. So I made this video and I was talking about, um, I was talking about just that, like, mm-hmm. I, I, cause I still didn't even know what the direction of my channel was going to be. So it's like, for right now, I'll just act like a lot of people are listening and I'll just like give advice as if I were on the other end. And I was like, well, um, start focusing on leases guys, like focus on getting leases and like how, and I, I try to say, okay, well, we can go to Craigslist we can go to Facebook marketplace. Um, if you really follow my content, you'll know I'm a big advocate of working at a hundred percent commission brokers and using op city because that you'll take real quick. Like they'll, they'll take 
OpCity will take 30 to 40% of the transaction. And if you're with a 100% broker, then that's the same cut that your broker would take without giving you leads elsewhere. Mm. Um, so to me, that's a better strategy because you're getting free leads instead of them already taking a cut and then you're not getting leads. It's like, well, you're getting constant and that's a lot of leases are coming from that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you go, I mean, you can get on Craigslist, Facebook, but I I made this video. I was like, focus on leases guys. The next day, um, like I went, I met up with a guy, I was with my girlfriend and, uh, he signed the lease, he signed the lease out there in Dallas. I get back in the car. She told me stay home accent effect. And I was like, I was kind of pumped because of how right I was like selfishly. (laughs) Yeah. I called this like, um, and since then, I mean, I've, I had it's business has been okay. Like it's, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's like I'm bulletproof on this system, but I mean, it's, it's got by, I mean, um, for re for picking up and restarting like completely and having like a couple, two, three transactions go through during COVID-19. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, I'm really ready for this. I, I've also been, um, working with a lot of invest, like not a lot of investors, but the investors I do work with or have a pretty big budget on there. So, um, spending a lot of time with them and, uh, I'm more careful with those guys though, because I don't want to just like, I don't try to sell them. I don't push anything. I just like, I, cause those are people you want to have for a long time. I don't want to influence any kind of decision that could fall back on me because I'm, I'm supposed to help them, um, you know, make, make the best decision possible. And this is my, as a young person, this is my first time going through the, something like this happening in the economy and the workforce. And I, I don't want to, I just, I don't want to say anything with too much certainty. And because I don't think anyone really knows when the best time to buy, you know, like, so I'm kind of careful with, working with investors, mainly leases and leases have done pretty, pretty fine. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so with, uh, I guess teaching or, you know, making these videos and kind of like teaching other agents, has that sparked any interest for you to get your broker's license potentially? So I've, I've, um, I've thought about that's been in my mind since day one of being an agent. I think I was thinking about being a broker before I was thinking about being an agent. It's like, (laughs) <laughs> so I was like, wait, there's something above an agent. I want to do that. Yeah. Um, and really, really the YouTube. Yeah. So well, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Cause. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so uh, I guess with that being said, um, we're kind of getting to the, the end of our, uh, our time together. What is okay. like, uh, uh, I guess your career goal, whether that be um, within real estate without out, I mean, outside of real estate. Yeah. Uh, what's that look like for you? Um, I think I really just want to build something that's like, I mean, for one, I want to, I think I want to get to like, get to a point where I can say like, I cre- like look at it and see like I created this for one. And then two, I want it. I want my schedule and my work life. I want my life and my work to kind of um, work sim- simultaneously. And every, I want everything to just kind of be like, I don't want to be a slave to anyone else's time is my main goal. Like, um, I want to, so however that really has to happen, like that's why a lot of the, you know, you see a lot of the YouTube stuff, you see a lot of the, um, backend, like trying to sell a little bit of merch, like maybe trying to get some brand deals, put things out there that I can teach people on video without me being there physically. Um, and being a broker, that's part of like, I want to have, something running under me. So, I mean, I really just want to get to a point where everything 
it's, it's grind, grind, grind right now. But the end goal is just like set everything up to where like I can afford to just, I guess, finan- be financially free. Like, I guess that's the word I look for, like do whatever I want with my time. Right. Like yeah. and still, and not be af- afraid if next week's going to pay for that. So. Right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's very cool. Um, yeah. we, with all of our interviews, we always like to ask like, um, what's the number one piece of advice you'd ask or you tell young entrepreneurs in this case, what's the one piece of advice that you would give to uh, an agent just starting out, um, somebody young? Um, main thing I would say is like, man, you get into the, you get into the field and you're like really excited and you have like big goal and, and that feeling should always stay there. Like you should always be excited and you should always like that. I think that the best thing you could do as a new agent is make sure to pick a broker slash stay away from like kind of like the rotten agents, like the people who've been in there for a long time that are just aren't doing well. Um, I would say like, just focus on what you want to do. And because that happens to a lot of people, it's like you get in and, and people will discourage you and tell you how competitive it is, tell you how, um, really, I mean, everyone knows, like if you're thinking about it, everyone knows what people say about it, but mm-hmm. like be, know what you want and know what to ask your broker and how to set that up. And then just kind of stay in your own zone because a lot of people try to network with other agents. It's like those agents aren't going to bring you deals, network with other people in the industry, but don't spend too much time with agents because they're your competitors. And it's like, just make sure to like have that feeling that you had at the beginning of it and network with people within the industry, but separate from real estate. Mm-hmm. Got it. Be, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, um, how can the listeners find out more about you? Um, they can go to www.agentsdaily.com. Um, they can search Weston Kirk on YouTube, TikTok, Agents Daily, Instagram. I mean, agentsdaily.com is the best one to get to and they can find everything else. So awesome, man. Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll put, um, whenever we post this, I'll put all of your information in the show notes below. Um, awesome. Weston, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Next time you're in Austin, let's go grab a drink. Dude, okay? yeah. I saw I, and I saw you guys uh, real quick. I saw the the setup. I was like, man, I, so maybe maybe like next year or something we can we can actually sit down in the in the building. I want to have a really cool setup. Yeah, it's awesome. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks I again, mean, bud. See you.